0: Are you an actor struggling to get representation? Are you dissatisfied with your current representation? Want an agent, but don't know where to start? Acting an Connector friends, we are so beyond blessed to have on Brian Pataka this week. Brian is the representation whisperer. No, but for real, Brian helps actors get what they want without all the struggle. He's helped 724 actors all around the world find representation. Through his wildly popular online courses, hashtag Agent and Audition Magnet, Brian teaches actors how to market themselves authentically, use gratitude to open doors, and book the roles they were born to play. His coaching clients include Tony Award winners, Broadway stars, Netflix series regulars, filmmakers, writers, and stand-up comedians. Ryan proves that when people follow their purpose, instead of playing by a tired set of industry rules, they can skip the drama, generate momentum, and build excitement around who they are and what they love to do the mostest. If you're struggling to get reps, you're not happy with your current reps, or you're just overall feeling very negative with your mindset around acting, then this conversation will be so beneficial for you. Let's go! Are you rich? Are you famous? What have you been on? I don't really recognize
1: you as neither does my mom. Can you laugh?
0: Can you cry on command? I mean, you said you were an actor, man. What's back plan? is it Dude, I'm just acting like an actor. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Acting Like an Actor. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Brian Pataka. Brian, do you want to give us a little, little bit of who you are, what you do, that kind of thing for those who don't know you?
1: Sure, yes. Uh, my name is Brian Pateka. As you said, I am a life and career coach for actors. I help creative people get what they want without all the suffering. Uh, I believe that you know, when you're a creative person, it's about putting yourself out there. And one of the ways that I really help actors is some of the job of putting yourself out there is by getting representation. It doesn't need to all be on your shoulders. And so I've helped over 724 actors around the world find fabulous representation, and I'm excited to share with you all about that today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of my viewers are newer actors. So I'm constantly getting the question, like, how do I get an agent? How do I get an agent, Sophie? And I was just like, okay, let me get an expert on here because there's just like so much surrounding this. And I feel like you've really nailed down a good process and you've helped so many people do it. Um, So I'm curious, since you've helped 724 actors find a good rep, how do you do it? Like, what exactly is your process, Brian? Sure. Right. And so before
1: we get too deep into it, I want to just share, I'm going to give you a lot of it today. It's impossible to give it all during this podcast, obviously. So I want to just say to every single listener here, because this is so important to me, is there's a lot of noise surrounding about how to get the best or the perfect manager or agent. And please don't let what Sophie is offering you today or what I'm offering you today add to the noise. Let, Of course, let this conversation feel good and give you some ideas, but it's all about taking action. So I just want to r- make sure you hear from us saying, like, yes, we're going to give you great ideas, but it's about the action that actually will get you the results that you want. So... Um, and what I like to say that is, if you don't like the advice you get today, then move on get somebody else's, but at least say yes or no to it so you can be clear and not have it just noising, cluttering up your brain with some chatter that doesn't matter. So um, first things first, it all started, I, would, I, start, I think I started creating this program in 2017. Um, and I started because I was working with actors in small groups and I kept having actors come to me. These may be, for those of you listening, this might describe your life. Actors working really hard to get auditions, and really hard to get auditions for TV and film that they weren't seeing, and like paying spending money on workshops, and sending out postcards, and doing newsletters, and just fighting tooth and nail to get like like even like a random audition on a random TV show that's maybe not even a show they even want to be on, so that they can then try to leverage that to get an agent. And then the other thing I kept seeing actors do is like kind of twist themselves into knots to try to get a referral for a manager agent. And I think that that happens for a lot of us because we ask our friends for referrals. And then our friends can get weird and they say things like, well, I haven't booked anything in a while, so I don't think it'll help you. Or, yeah, give me your stuff. But you kind of think like they're never really going to bring it into their agent. And they just kind of, it gets all uncomfortable. And it's your friend. And so now your friendship gets weird. Um, And then the other thing I saw most actors doing was spending weeks, months, years on making the perfect target list to reach out to managers and agents uh, or spending money on a showcase where you actually do a scene in front of a manager agent, right? And so I was seeing actors do all this stuff and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we not knocking straight on the door of the people you want to work with? And that was when I was like, there's got to be a way to do this because plenty of actors had emailed agents and heard nothing before. And so what I started to do is like, oh, we need to hack into what we're saying to them so that they can understand you. And that's where I started to discover how to do this. And the shocking, non-shocking thing is that the vulnerability of your own actor life story is actually what usually captures the imagination of a manager agent for a new actor. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of actors think I need to book this, 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 and this before I'm going to be able to reach out to agents. And especially because you said a lot of your actors can be newer actors. I just want to make sure if you take one thing from listening today to this conversation with me and Sophie is that, you do not need to have a bunch of credits to get a manager agent there are just as to give you a window there are 1200 managers and agents in los angeles and i promise you You cannot decide that they're all the same person. That's not fair. That's like saying they're a monolith or something. There are managers and agents who love to work with actors who are in the developmental or beginning part of their career. It might not be your manager agent for your whole career, but that could be a manager and agent you can work with right now. And so we have to let go of this idea of you're supposed to look, be, have – accomplished experience a certain way before you're allowed to reach out to agents because there's other actors who are zooming right by you who just like don't even have those thoughts yet and so i'm trying to really break the mold around you have to look different or be different or have accomplished something before you're allowed to reach out to agents i do think that means you got to be ready to hear some no's because you're not going to be a fit for some people but i think a no is a gift because a no is like great i don't have to think about that that person's off my list now i get to move on to the next person right So that's kind of an overview of how it all came to be and how my approach in some way. So hopefully that helps everybody get a sense of how this all goes down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're saying, Brian, that an actor right where they are is ready for representation because you're right. And what we are told in actors defense, what we are told is to do these showcases and to get these credits and then go in for to get those agents but then you come out of college and it's like no that's not actually how it is so we're wasting so much time so I love that you're bringing a life, the actual process of it I want to say as well I got my first agent when I was 18 before I even moved to Los Angeles because I emailed 257 agents just like during COVID times yes. and that's how I got my first agent I had no credits to my name nothing like that I later found out it wasn't a great agency I don't want to you know sure, they sure, kind sure, of signed yeah. like all of the new actors in LA but got what it. I'm saying is get an agent with still with no credits to my name just because I reached out. And I think like you were saying, so many actors think that they need to have a long resume first and you just don't. It's just not true. Yeah.
1: Well also Sophie, I think it's important because I just want to make sure everyone hears that like the the route I'm not suggesting is reach out to everybody and end up with some dipshit agent or something i'm not saying that right so yeah so which is what happened for you sophie but what i'm trying to but for everyone to listen one of the things that i also talk about in this process is like how do you evaluate them so you don't end up with someone who's going to waste your time right i also think a lot of times actors can become incredibly protective naturally so i'm I'm saying this is not a bad thing but you can become incredibly protective of a career that you don't have yet and so it can be very like i'm not going to sign with this agent because they don't have xyz one two three five six it's like well you've been here for a year you haven't had an agent. Let's just see what happens if you're with one for a while. And what about what you're going to learn about being with an agent, even if that turns out not to be the perfect one? This is also relationship advice, everybody. So like it's kind of the same bag of like, are you? Because you're going to have to show up differently when you have an agent. And I think there's a lesson that needs to be learned there. Um, and so the other thing about this is, and when you reach out this way, let's say you reached out to everybody, you really put your heart out there, and you got a few meetings. You're like, yeah, but I wanted to get a meeting with this person and that person. So you had a secret target list, you know, there's knowledge in learning, oh, well, those people either aren't looking right now or what I've got to offer isn't what they want right now. And so, okay, great. I might hit them again. But for now, look at these ones who are interested. Like, what's what's the value of their relationship in front of me? So um, it's funny, Sophie, when you ask the question about how do you get an agent? I took us back into the story of how I created this, but I'm just noticing something that I I always am in awe of. So at the time when I started creating this, I was working with a lot of actors who didn't have representation because that was the bag we were working on. All of the actors that I know now have representation because they've gone through this process. So now my conversations are totally different. Now our conversations about, What's going on with that agent? How's it going? What else do they need from you? Like, it's about being an incredible actor in the business because I think once you have an agent, you have that or, or manager or both. You have this sudden like, I'm in the real game feeling that happens for a lot of people. And I I think it sucks that it takes that piece of validation to get there, but there is a true piece of validation where suddenly There are auditions you would never be able to get without a manager agent. And you're suddenly seeing yourself in those rooms or getting requested those self-tapes. And so I do think having a manager agent is a – I don't think it's a sign that you weren't talented until you had one. But I do think it's a welcome sign of, like, I'm truly in the business.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you said that, Brian, because I do have a lot of um, friends and people around me that can sometimes say they don't think it's important to get an agent, agent or manager, or it's better to have no reps than a bad rep. But I almost disagree with that, especially if your rep is still submitting you. Because I will tell you, I always like, I I self-submit as well in addition to my agent submitting. I never see Netflix, HBO, Mm -hmm. any of the network shows. Never do I see it on my side of breakdown versus only the agents see that stuff. So I love seeing my submission report and being like, oh, I might not have got called in for these things, but my agent is doing their job. Like they're, they're sending me, you know, I'm Netflix, HBO, like Nickelodeon. I'm like, I didn't even see this stuff on my end. So you're right. Only the agents do see that stuff. So it is very important.
1: And then it's also I think the next step is like if you're with an agent for a while and you're sing- and they are submitting you all the time and you're looking at submission report and you're like, I'm never getting in. At some point, it's not just you. At some point, you have to be like, oh, they don't have the hand on those doors. I keep making it about I need new headshots. I need to get new footage for my reel. I need to go meet cast directors. Whoa, 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 whoa they just don't have those connections. Oh, okay, no one's no one's wrong here, but I need to quit making it about investing in myself or saying there's something wrong with me. Sometimes you're just not doing the same dance or you're not going in the same direction. So I just also, I, I'm not saying you should all just, you know, be with a lame agent that's not working for you, but I think you're not gonna know if they're the right fit for you until you try dancing, is sometimes what happens.
0: So going off of that, how do you know if it is the wrong agent and what can you do in that situation?
1: Sure. So there's like, I have a large process to go into this, but to get everybody started on this, I think one of the first things to do is don't listen to your friends. Your friends are the worst advice you've ever heard because your friend is an individual person and that agent is an individual person and their relationship is going to look nothing like your relationship with them. So I always say if you're going to ask your friends about their agent, or you're going to take that advice or ba 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 ba. it needs to go like, in one ear and out the other, or slash, like, let it just be, like, in the room, but it is not the decision-making factor. It can't be. And it's really unfair because I think a lot of actors will watch who's the person in their class who's auditioning the most, or who's their friend who gets auditions all the time, or their agent must be good. And The truth is, you have to remember, you have a very tiny, tiny, like, telescope you're looking through the six or seven agents that you happen to have proximity to when there are 1200 managers and agents a night there's an agent and a manager that could be perfect for you and you've never even heard of them before that's usually what happens when i work with people and say like, oh my god i never knew these people existed they're amazing right so that's one piece about it is to not make give your friends in in reputation or word about word on the street to be where you get your information number two is it's real easy to look at someone's roster and see, like, how recently are some of their clients working. Now, this doesn't work for commercial agents. Let's just be really clear because commercial agents' clients, we all know commercial actors who work all the time in commercials and don't book theater, TV, film, or anything. like. So you can't look at a commercial agent's roster and know if they're a good commercial agent. But when it comes to theatrical agent or manager, you should be able to see, like, how recently are their people working, Right. And I do think that using the star meter is also not – it's not the only tool you should use, but you might look at you know the lower someone's star meter is. For those of you who don't know an IMDb, the lower that number is, the quote-unquote more popular they are. I don't think better, but more popular they are might be a better way to say that. So someone could end up being a number one star meter because they were the biggest – you know stole everybody's money too because if you Google them a lot, you'd end up being number one. So I just want to be sure that the star meter gets rid, is written by how much not someone's name is searched, right? So that's one more factor to put in there. And then, and this is kind of – I'm only kind of giving you a couple pieces here, but to get everybody started is you have no business deciding if they're good for you until you've met with them because you need to Mm -hmm. see how you feel when you're with that person because you need to be able to be on set. And, Sophie, I'm sure you've had some horror stories on set where someone says, we're going to actually shoot two more spots in this commercial. Or, actually, we need you to be topless. Or, can you smoke in this? Or, we're just going to shoot, like, five pickups that we might use in the commercial. It's going to be like – and so – You need to be on a set where you can call that agent and go, hey, I think things are going weird here. Can you cover me? And not feel weird about making that ask. If you're so scared of your agent you can't communicate with them, then it's probably not a fit. And some of that work isn't them. It's you. Let's be real. Sometimes we give teachers, principals, agents, managers all of the power in the world because we've all had parents where we grabbed onto some kind of lesson around being a child or whatever. We have to be mindful of we may be bringing some of that baggage to the conversation. So... I think it's important that you know how you feel with them. And then I think the last piece I'll just add to kind of get everyone started is, do they have the same vision that you do for your career? And sometimes when I say to actor vision, they can really go big in the big vision of it. I also think it's important that you, when you're talking to this agent, this might not be your agent forever. So in the short term, do they have the same vision even? As opposed to like, yes, we're going to get an Academy Award, but like, do they get that maybe you want to get on a couple network shows and get some of those credits just to kind of – I don't like to think that there is a ladder that you must climb when it comes to this business because we all Mm -hmm. know people who will suddenly get a series regular audition. But we know that sometimes that ladder or that level can help you move forward. So do they at least believe in – Helping you get out there to build your resume in that way, I think, is, is, is an important piece
0: of it. Bouncing off of that, can you talk about some, we talked about, you know, how you know if your agent's wrong. Can we talk about some negative mindsets that you notice a lot of actors come to searching for an agent with? Like, what are some things that you see a lot and how can actors kind of overcome those?
1: Sure. And Sophie, if I can just share right now, if that's okay with you, is if, you're, if anyone's getting excited about what we're talking about, I go through this really in-depthly inside of my program, Make Agents Want You, and it's free. So if you go to makeagentswantyou.com, you can take this free training where we really walk through this. And the reason why I say this when you ask that question is it's about the three biggest myths or the three biggest lies that hold us back from getting meetings with great representation. So that's makeagentswantyou.com. I should tell you, I stole that name from the front of a Cosmo magazine because it's like make men want you is what the magazine said. And I was like, no, no, make agents want you so good, right? So, yeah, right, no, I so. love that. We'll have it linked in the show notes too,
0: guys. Great, thank, so thank you so much. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So if, so... When it comes to the negative mindsets, the first one is that all managers and agents are the same and we should treat them as a monolith. They want this. When you start any sentence with they fill in the blank, it's usually a problem because they're all different. And the other thing about this that I think is wild is so sometimes I'll meet with an actor who says, I have to meet with an agent who also respects that I'm a stand-up or that I do improv or that I'm a writer. They'll have a hyphenate in their work, right? And I'll say, Great. So I need to get a list of those agents. And I say, that's interesting because I wish I could give you that list. But you know what the problem is? Agents are human beings and they can change their mind every single day. And if I gave you that list, tomorrow the list would be wrong. So instead of doing that, what if we allow – this is where I think this is that their negative mindset. We allow them to choose you instead of you choosing them. That's why it's called Make Agents Want You, right? Because you're giving them a chance to discover you. So let's pretend we're talking to an actor who also is a writer for a second. They're they're actor first, but they also like to do writing or they do sketch comedy, something. In the the way that you would reach out to them, you would make it incredibly transparent that I'm an actor who also likes to write or also does sketch comedy. So the managers and agents who receive that package when you send it over will go, oh, I love actors who do that. I self-select myself. To want to meet with them instead of you telling me I should meet with you because you decided I like actors who do that, right? It gives me that it gives me, the manager agent, my power back. And also, if we're gonna be good human beings on this planet, which I think Sophie, you talk about that a lot, and I do too, is like give them the dignity of choosing you. And then when you show up to that meeting, how different do you feel when someone has chosen you instead of you choosing them? Which that target list is made up of a bunch of. Dumbass information you found online that isn't even you don't even know how true it is anyway right
0: which is why Mm -hmm. i always say like
1: once you meet with them then you can figure out if they're a match not before that so one one piece of it is that one piece is that another mindset that people also bring to it i think is like it's like a practical mindset which is like i have to have a reel i have to have a referral or they're not going to be good agency if i don't have a referral Um, I better use a target list or I'm going to offend them. There's this whole thing where actors think there's some blacklist watching you do everything you do. And I just got to tell you, quit being an egomaniac, one. And if you ever meet these blacklist police, please let me know because after two decades of being in this business, I've yet to meet one of the officers of this, this list that they're keeping. No one cares about you. The way that I say this to my clients when they're overthinking things, we have a little song, it goes like this. No one cares, 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 no one cares. cares. So the moment you start to overthink, sing that song. That's why I sang it through twice for you. So you can let go of the belief that you need to do so much work for the person, the recipient here. So that's a part of some of the mindsets that kind of get in the way. The other one is I think – and this is a dangerous one because – Someone in your career at some point said something to you that you really took and you let it in, whether it was a teacher or a friend or a family member. And those stories or those moments can leave kind of a scar and we can start to operate out of that scar. It might not have even been negative at the time. It might have been even someone said to you, well, you're not gonna work till you're 40. Or you know what? You should really pursue comedy because you're funny. And inside you go, oh, I'm not going to work till I'm 40. Or I thought I really liked drama, but they said I'm good at comedy. Or you need to book a co-star before you can get an agent. Oh, I better book a co-star. And so we kind of grab onto these lies that have been floating around the business for too long. And we kind of, we decide to own them. Um, And so if we, I don't know if your audience knows this, but I'm a non-denominational reverend. So no dogma, no doctrine, no religion or all religions. You could say both of them, right? Just the spiritual truths of everything, which I think can be summed up in the words, be kind. But one of the things that they say inside of a Course of Miracles, which is the tradition that I'm trained in, is you can use the word God for this, you can use Buddha, you can use Yahweh, you can use Allah whatever, but like uh i have I am the same as you, I have everything you have, I just don't have everything else so I just don't have let me say it another way let's say let's use Jesus for a second in case that works for anybody listening, but you could again you could substitute oprah or a blueberry muffin, whatever you believe in right now, you just say uh. I have everything you have. I just don't have everything else. I don't have anything else. I have everything you have. I just don't have anything else. And so what we do in our life is we pick things up. That's why we call it baggage. We pick up these beliefs around managers and agents only want this kind of client. I have to have this kind of work before I can do it. I'm not powerful until fill in the blank. And that's just not the case. And I've seen it you know, with 724 plus actors at this point is when we grab back our power to ourselves, we become so incredibly attractive, and that's when these managers and agents just rise up and say, Will you like, every, like what I'm thinking about is my client. She got 15 meetings, and 14 of them offered her representation. And to me, the reason why that happens is she's so powerful going in there. Of course they are. What I want is when you go to a meeting, and everybody listen to this. When you go to a meeting, that meeting should not be, is it a yes or a no for this actor? This meeting should be, I'm going to verify that everything I believe about this actor is true because I already know I'm a yes for them that's how we want to put you out into the world. So I think that piece of it as well, that I think a lot of actors can have this double-edged sword where it's, I don't want to lie. I want to be incredibly honest. I need to be authentic. And so I'm going to, never, I'm going to be really specific about exactly what I've accomplished. And I don't want to puff myself up to sound better than I am. But I do have to make it sound like my career is going really well because an agent wants to work with someone whose career is going really, really well, don't they? They want to work with someone who's got it going all on. And the problem with that is... If you, if I'm reading an email and it sounds like you've got it all going on and you're working and, blah, 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 and I'm the agent, I'm like, well, they don't need me. What? Why? Good. Go. Thank you for letting me know. Things are going great for you. Have fun. And then it makes you sound delusional because you've just told this agent, things are great. I'm so happy. Do you want to get aboard this moving train? Cause we are off to the races. I'm heading to the, I'm heading to the Academy Award. Do you want to get on board? This agent goes, this person's delusional. I don't want to work with this person. You've got to leave a space, a gap. For them to identify what it is you want and how you're not going to be able to get there without them that is where you become i think you understand your place in the business a lot of actors can reduce what their place in the business is to their castability. this is how you i, don't, I hate the word stack up but this is how you fit in to your own journey in this business right now is what do i need to get to the next level how do i explain that to someone how to make that explicit for someone so they understand if they can do the job because you know what i don't want i don't want an agent who sees a different gap than I do in my career. Because then it's going to be an age who's getting me the wrong kinds of auditions or the wrong kinds of gigs, and suddenly I'm on the wrong track, and I spent three or four years with them because I hid behind resistance that I labeled as loyalty, which happens with actors all the time too. So that's kind of a long answer to a short question, but hopefully that helps people start to think about this just a little differently here.
0: Yeah, and that's so true. Yeah, about the time wasted on uh, trying to stay loyal to an agent. That's something I did my first couple of years in L.A. is I was staying with this agent who wasn't getting me anything and wasn't... Um, I I did the thing when I was 18. I did exactly what you talked about, Brian, where I like really hyped myself up a lot. And I think that we were just never on the same page with with each other and I. I saw a lot of turmoil from that until, but what I will say too, is I learned a lot from that, like you were saying. So sometimes you do kind of have to go through this process with reps, um, which is why it's good to get one right away. Yeah. Um, And also Sophie, what's so important about what you said is I do think it's important for an actor to like,
1: especially when you're that young, it's kind of okay if you're overly confident when you're that young. Because we kind of forgive you a little bit, kind (laughs) of forgive it a little bit, right? But it's when you start to become a real player—you've been in LA or Los Angeles or New York or London or wherever for a minute—that we start to be like, you can't act like everything's perfect. Because I I question your judgment. We don't want someone questioning your judgment.
0: Um, So going off of that, Brian, let's say that like I'm trained, I'm a talented actor. I've done a few shorts, things like that, um, and I'm ready to find my first agent, my first rep. What are the things that I should focus my time and energy on?
1: First things first is you don't need to have a million headshots to make this work. And I think it's really important that people, it's real easy to say, my headshot, my headshot, my headshot, my headshot. I know it's not easy financially, but it's easy to put the focus on the headshot because that's like when you you (laughs) nail it, there's like a way to feel like, you feel like you've nailed it. It's one of the few things in an acting career when you love your headshot, you're like, I nailed that part. That part I got right, right? So you can feel good about it, right? So I think that's one thing to (laughs) let the pressure off of is that I need to have a bunch of headshots to make this work. Um... I also want to remind everybody we're not looking for, because I see a lot of actors fall into this trap. And Sophie, you've probably talked to actors like this where they are, they're going to go about and buy headshots, but they're afraid that when they get a new manager agent, the manager agent is going to make them get new headshots anyway. And so they're in this annoying loop of like, am I going to have to spend money anyway? Or you can be paralyzed to not do anything until you get that. Like, it's just like a crappy place to be. And so one of the things that I think about with manager and agent reach outs is I'm not interested in a manager agent having a conversation with you about if they like your headshot or not until they're your manager agent. And so I think where actors make a mistake here, so that actor you're talking about could make a mistake, is by giving them a bunch of headshots, like here's five headshots to take a look at me, here's my profile, blah, 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 like overwhelming them with too much information. And what happens then is I then do get to judge you for your material, judge you for your headshot. And that's not the conversation I'm trying to engage with at a manager agent. I'm not trying to have the judge me conversation. I'm trying to have the, can you submit me tomorrow conversation? That's different. Looking for advice is something you do once you're working together. Looking for advice is not something you do when you're reaching out to them. You're trying to say, hey, do you think we could do some stuff together? That's different. And so I think the, the first thing they need to do is like pare down the materials into the most important stuff that they need to share. And then I do think, you know, you don't need a reel to get a manager or agent, but I think if you have one, terrific, great. It should only have fabulous, brilliant footage of you on it, nothing that doesn't look good. And I think that if you haven't done a self-tape, you're not ready to reach out to an agent. I think you're talking about an actor who's probably been past that piece of this, right? But if you've never done a self-tape, then it's not – if you've never auditioned, then you're probably not ready for an agent because that's what an agent's going to get you. Right? And so that isn't to say after you get 100 auditions, you're ready to get an agent. I'm just saying, you know, you've got, you, if someone gave you an audition tomorrow, you know how to figure it out. That's a, a way to open that conversation for yourself. The other is, again, for this person who's maybe towards the beginning of their career piece, is to own that piece of it. Don't try to sound bright and shinier than you are. To acknowledge, I've only been at this for this much time in Los Angeles, or I landed here six months ago, or to not be afraid to call out the journey your career's taken so far where you haven't been working, not just when you've been working. Because by not saying it, it makes us wonder and curious. And one of the things that I always say, and I think I stole this from one of my own coaches, a confused mind says no. If I'm confused about where you've been or why you haven't reached out sooner or why there's a gap or if you're making things all sound perfect but you've only got two credits, I'm gonna be confused. And a confused mind is not gonna say, yeah, let's meet with me, right? So I think that's an important thing is to really like understand your narrative. So what is the story you're telling to the agents? Um, And that isn't to say the narrative has to be a bunch of credits. Again, that's not what this is about. It's just understanding the narrative of where you are. The other thing about this is to, when you are new to a market or you're newer to working professionally, it can be very easy to take any advice that's around you. And I really need you to shut that off. If I can just, if that's the biggest piece of news you get from today's podcast, is a casting director like for example a i love casting directors they do a really incredible job in this business they do workshops all the time you might hear one speak on a panel you might go to a workshop and this is not for me to toot my own horn but i want you to think about that oftentimes a casting director will give an actor advice for how to get an agent that's not their job at all and If they gave it, you might not even be asking that question, but you might be in a room where someone else asked that question. And so you're going to listen to it and let that seep in and hold you back. Have they helped 724 actors find representation? Because they haven't. Have they helped 15? Have they helped two? I think it's really important that we, I use this phrase all the time when it comes to this business, data, not drama, because it's very easy for us in a business that is built upon drama to just use anecdotal advice Instead of scientific numeric advice, because anecdotal advice feels good, it's driven in connection, it's storytelling, eh. Let us use numbers to decide. That is not to say to work with me, but this is like when you're listening to another actor who's had one agent all their life, and they tell you how they got their agent, that one person's experience is going to look hella different than yours. So I think it's really important that you create a... Semi-permeable membrane, where you decide what information you're going to allow in, because those are the sticky lies that can stick around for three, four, five years. I'm thinking about some of my clients who are um, like, in the third act of their career. They're like 50 to 72 years old. And they will often come to me. By the way, all of them are 100% successful with the way we're talking about right now. But they're, of course, coming to me with this belief, I've taken a break. The business doesn't care about people in my age group. And they're bringing that into this. And we have to kind of unpack that because what manager agent wants to work with someone who doesn't believe they're going to work? So getting back to this question, if you're a talented actor who's still new with this, maybe reaching out to agents for the first time, let go of the target list. You're not going to know anybody. Good to have a referral anyway. Do not focus on trying to sound like you're more perfect or you're more busy than you are. Capture your story in a way that honestly, the way I like to think about it is what's the weather outside? Is the weather sunny? Okay, this is what it is. We can't pretend it's different than it is and try to write some, put pink frosting on a shit cake and make your career sound better than it is. We need to leave space for that person to do their job. And the right person will show up when you truly cast that broad net out into the world. The other thing I'll say is I do believe showcases when you're like, let's say if you're the actor who's moving from New York to L.A., And you want to do that L.A. showcase that's like a two-week showcase and you meet a bunch of people and blah, 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 ba-ba-ba-ba. I think there's some value in that because you get to meet a lot of people in a short period of time. But I don't think it is fair to your spirit or your pocketbook or your heart to put all your eggs in the basket that I'm going to get my agent or manager from doing one of those trips and be mindful of just getting stuck in a system of doing showcase after showcase after showcase where it's just not happening because you're investing a lot of money in a system that has no guarantee. So I just want to put that out there just as a way to kind of break through that pattern.
0: I want to circle back to something important that Brian just talking about how much noise there is especially when you're a beginner actor and I feel like nowadays with social media I'm not trying to sound like an a-hole but like these washed up Disney stars that are like pay a thousand dollars and I'll get you your series regular on TV like I am constantly everybody in their mom seems like they're honestly an acting coach these days and I look at these people and sometimes I'm going through I'm like you weren't even like an actor. You like maybe got a theater degree, but like, so I'm so glad you touched on the, yeah. the data. Not, I can't remember what you said. Data, data not, not, not drama,
1: data, not drama. But data, so, and I want to I say something you just that. said. Yes. Yeah, so if, some of you just said it's really important to me. So there's a lot of people just say, Hey, I'm an acting coach and I want to be mindful of you don't actually have to have been a successful actor to be a successful acting business coach. I don't believe that. I think that's really important because go look at my MDB page. I was an actor, what? Six, seven years ago. I was very happy with where my career was when I left it. I walked away very easily. We've talked about this, I think, where like, I was auditioning all the time. I was making my living as an actor. So I was, I was like, that's my dream, right? And I think that because I had set that bar for myself, it made it really easy for me. I was successful to go, oh, coaching. What's coaching? And so I was on set for the newsroom, I remember, the finale of season two, I think. And I remember being like, this is fun, this is fun. But I had to cancel on four clients to be here today, and I kind of would rather have been with my clients. It was the easiest switch I ever made. But I think it's important that we – here's the thing that I think is annoying. Casting directors who were casting directors 20 years ago, still talking about when they were casting directors and their business coach for actors, unless they've continued to develop a process and they're really hip and with it right now, it always feels like you're – sleazy because you're using that casting director name on there and it's making me feel gross right now so you better show me in your numbers that it's truly happening so yes I, I think Sophie it's very easy to get sucked in and spend money on something that's not proven to work or to feel so much hope because someone else sees hope in you which I think is a great feeling coaches sometimes that's all they need to do sometimes and that can be helpful but I do think it's good to do your due diligence and ask around before you plunk down some money.
0: Um, Another thing you keep coming back to that I love because I think it's just transformative as an actor in general is being honest with both yourself and your reps about where you're at. Because I I see it a lot in actors around me um, and things like that of us almost fully living in a delusional state that like we are maybe further in our careers than we are. And I think there's a beauty in evaluating it for yourself as well and knowing like, this is where I'm at right now, but that's okay because once you realize that, then you can take the steps to get to the next level, you know, as opposed to kind of staying in that circle of just being sna- stagnant in your career. And I think that that extends to reps as well. So I'm really glad that you touched on that. And Sophie, um, there's can also you- so much. Yeah.
1: Sophie, can no, I go just- ahead. I want to say something because we said it's so important because I want everyone to notice this because I think we we forget this. If you go into an agent manager meeting and you say, so right now in my business in my career and you know, I've booked a lot of web series where I've played the lead a few times and I got my improv stuff going on and You know, I can book a short film if I go out for one. I think what's probably next for me is, you know, getting into some TV offices. You know, that's what I haven't done yet. The cast directors in L.A. don't know me yet. This is new for me. Saying that out loud, how much of a baller do you sound like when you say none of the cast directors that I want to know me know me yet? But if I was going to be really specific about who I'd love to meet, it's one, two, and three, and you know their names right away because you know they work on shows that you'd be right for. And nowhere in that conversation did I say my career is perfect. I said, here's what I've done so far and here's what I want next. And I know for what I want next, here are the three people. I, look how smart you sound because you are, because you know who you should meet next, right? And then the, at least the agent can say, oh it's curious you chose one, two, and three. I actually would choose two, three, and six over here. Like, oh, now it's a conversation around what casting directors should meet with you. Now you're talking about your career and running it together, but at least you're showing up to the table, not with, what do I do? What should we do? My career sucks. Or my career is so perfect. Do you want to get on board? Right? That's kind of the two different positions you can be in.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. It gives you such a confidence when you go in like that um another thing that i used to struggle with as an actor and i don't know if other people will say the same but i used to not maybe hype myself up but what i would do is just like try not to talk about like try not to bring up my successes or not talk about my achievements which i think there's so much shame in that as well when you try to be silent about it so i'd maybe just try not to talk about it in general and run from it and that was equally not beneficial Um, no and
1: i think what happens also is we so here's the this is the weird hard part And why actors, I think, are a gift to the world and we can teach, actors can teach everyone everything, is this. This is true of all artists. An artist is naturally going to have ambition that is bigger than the opportunity in front of them. Forever. That is how you're wired. You're wired for what's next. You're wired to make more impact. You're wired to be on more screens or bigger screens or a bigger stage. You're wired to have more impact again and again and again. So an actor, when they're looking at their career, is looking at the present moment and am I executing on the impact that I want to have right now and the size that I want to? And if things are going well, you never are because you're always reaching for the next thing because that's natural if you're trying to be grateful for this moment. The problem is we need to look back at what we've accomplished because I am a stranger, this manager or agent, and I don't know you from Adam. And I need to understand how you've shown up to this business and how you're showing up in this present moment, that may be something that I also care about, but how you've been showing up in the past helps me understand who you are. Here's where I put myself out there. Here's the kind of stuff I've been booking on my own. Here's the kind of things that cast directors give me when I go to a workshop. Here's the kind of roles that I like. Those are all details you have 100% control over. We tend to focus on the stuff you don't have control over, which is the stuff in the future, which, by the way, no one has control over. But we tend to be living in that space. And in that meeting, I just want a chance to get to know you. I'm just asking to get to know you. I'm not looking for you to say I'm a series regular on TV right now. If you are, cool. Cool. But I'm actually just trying to understand, and the way I understand you, and this is so important, is every actor wants to talk about how resilient they are, how dedicated they are, how committed they are, how professional they are. No one cares. No one cares. That is the bare minimum of being in this business. So everyone already expects you to have that. So what we do care about is show me how you've shown up. I had a call back for this casting director. I haven't booked anything with them yet, but I know it's just a matter of time. So I can't, that would be one of the things I hope we could do together, manager, agent, is get me to that office a few more times. Cause I feel like the good feedback I got there is like money in the bank and there'll be a day when I book on that show, right? That is the conversation you can have. And people are afraid to have that because I think they want to only show what they've actually got on their resume. And by the way, I'm already looking at your resume. I'm already looking at your resume if I'm calling you in. I've already looked at your resume. I already know what you've got booked already. I need to know the spaces in between those lines. That's your job to help me understand. Because I know you've auditioned 50 times for every one thing you booked or 100 times for every one thing you booked. I need to hear some of those stories. That's how I understand you.
0: Kind of as we start to come to a close here, Brian, I am curious. Since you're a coach, I'm curious. How can us as actors help those who are like coaching us, what does a good client look like to you? How can somebody, like if I'm gonna work with you, Brian, what can I do to maximize our relationship? Oh, it's a great question. I've never been asked that before, Sophie. I so appreciate it. The first thing I need to make
1: sure everyone hears when they're working with a coach is if it's a good coach, you should be able to show up however you are on that day and they should be able to meet you where you are. Also, when a client is in a cycle And it can't be broken, and as much as you've worked with that coach, I think it's important sometimes to know that therapy might be a piece of the pie as well, depending on where you're at in your career, where how it's going for you, right? But I think truly to show up as a good client, there's two ways. I do this in my coaching all the time. So when I'm on a live call with a group of people, I will say to them, hey, when I call on you and you've got your hand raised, just say, Brian, my question is, and then they'll fill in the blank. Or if you don't know what your question is, say, you know what? Brian, I need help with my question. I think even showing up in that way allows your coach to listen with the right kind of ears. It doesn't mean every session has to start with a question. I don't want to say that that's the way it is. But just to think about, I've been thinking about this and I can't figure out what it is next. That is so such a gift because the last thing that I want to create is a client who is dependent on me for the rest of their career. I want to put myself out of business almost when I'm working with you. That's the way I think about it. Like, how can I create an independence in systems, this is very important, systems inside of your business and in your career that you can just rely on? So whenever those heebie-jeebie weird feelings come up, you're just going to go, okay, I'm getting all the weird feelings about sending an email to this person or a thank you email or reaching out but I have a system. So I'm just gonna go through the system even though I feel weird. Like even though this feels a little bit weird, I'm still gonna take the steps that Brian taught me so that I know how to stay in touch, so that I know how to do what's next. The way I always think about this is, if you open up a cookbook and it's like, this is how you make a chocolate cake, very few of us would be like, I don't know. I don't know if that recipe really is gonna make a chocolate cake. I question that recipe. No, what you do is you get a half cup of flour and then you get the cocoa and you just follow the steps, right? And so what I want to create inside of someone's career is your career is going to go up and down and all around emotionally and creatively and the things that you book. So what are systems that we can create in your career? So no matter where it's all going went up and down and all around, you have processes and structures that will give you a place to lean into so you don't have to invent the wheel every time it's time to – Reach out to a new agent because I promise everyone that's listening, the agent you get tomorrow may not be your agent three years from now, right? You shift, you grow, they grow, they get, right? So you're going to need to have a system to reach out to agents again in your lifetime. It's not a one and done. I wish that it could be a one and done, but that's just not the way human beings work, right? So that's why I really focus on an actor who's willing to embrace a system and to acknowledge how they feel. I would never want to overwrite someone's feelings in this process, but I want you to have the power to empower yourself when things get sticky.
0: And then my final question for you, Brian, again, it's a a personal one, but what are some things you've learned from, from coaching actors over these years? I'm curious, just something you've learned, whether it's like a life revelation or just something you get from it.
1: First of all, I am so lucky to work with actors. I feel incredibly grateful that that's the calling that called to me. Um, because actors are, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, you must put yourself out there and you share your emotions and coaching an actor is so much more fun than, I don't know. I, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little prejudiced against bankers, but I just have to imagine coaching a banker would be not as fun as coaching an actor. I'm sure there are tons of gregarious Mm -hmm. bankers out there, but it is, it is because an actor is not afraid to necessarily show the way that they feel. The other part that the actors have taught me is you're the most courageous people That I know. You continue to put yourself out there. And I would say not just to put yourself out there, but you experience, I'm going to use this word, trauma, because of the number of rejection that you get. And then you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. And I think a lot of actors can get really inured to the fact that they've experienced this a little bit. But I actually want to make sure, like, this is an incredible strength that I wish the rest of the world could witness in the way that I get to. Because look what I can do if you can do that look what i get to what is it i get to witness courage every day that who gets to say that besides a lion tamer right mm-hmm. So like that is yeah. that is really something that i think is the most powerful part that they that actors have taught me um and um that you're like die hard most actors i know are die hard they're like i'm in this this is what's happening they've committed yeah. to, this is what's happening may not be happening the way i want right now or it is kind of good right now but like you're in and I love to surround myself with people like that. So I feel incredibly lucky.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, Brian. So we always end with our fast frisky five, which is five rapid fire questions. Okay. You are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. There are five rapid fire questions that require a lot of thought. That's kind so, of the truth. So my answer so. will be
1: as fast as I can, essentially. But yeah. it might take a second. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Favorite quote. Yeah, I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it picks us up where we are and leaves us somewhere else. Something like that. I'm not getting it exactly right, but it's Anne Lamott, and I'm a big Anne Lamott fan. I'll give you the right quote you can put it in the notes. Okay, thank you. Great.
0: Um, What is something in L.A. that you love that not a lot of people know about?
1: Okay, my friends all know about it, but I don't think enough people do Quarter Sheets Pizza is on Porsche Street in Echo Park, and you, my, my mom has been, my, I take all our friends when they come to visit. It is the best pizza you will ever have in your life. And you cannot miss the dessert. And when you walk in, you order your dessert because they sell out of the des- their desserts. And the pizza shop has been in Bon Appetit and in the LA Times. But a lot of people don't know about it. And I think that's wild because it is so good. And I just, I think about it every day. Every day, I think about that pizza every day. Quarter Sheets Pizza Club. Look on Instagram to make sure they're open when you're going to head over there. I can't believe I just told everybody. Oh God, I'll never get a table again
0: that's it what's your favorite line in
1: a movie um it's the most memorable line in a movie i don't know if it's my favorite line in a movie but in the color purple when oprah says you told harpo to beat me and it's just that her delivery is so committed you cannot be like what's happening it's a scary scene but it's a great scene pickles
0: yay
1: or nay oh, oh every kind of pickle Our house is obsessed with pickles. Our house is obsessed with so many jars of pickles of different kinds in our house. Yes, pickles always.
0: And then, last question, a recent obsession of yours. Oh, girl, I'm
1: obsessed. I'm going to show you it right now because it's right here next to me. I am obsessed with alicia keys soul care let me glow illuminating serum this is like i'm on hsn oh. right now it is the best for being on zoom like see my little shine right here yeah like, it is glowing. like a dot will do you and this will last you for like six months it is amazing so there you love
0: go. it yeah. hey all of that will be in the show notes guys right, yeah, right. Great. Uh, all right well thank you so much for being here brian is there anything else that you want to plug before we head off here
1: Just if you got excited about this conversation today, it's important that you decide to not let this add to the noise and to add a structure to that, head on over to makeagentswantyou.com. Obviously, you give me your email address. Obviously, I'm going to say, do you want to join me for the full program? But the training is there. It's about an hour and 10 minutes long. And one thing that I think people can miss is there's a little chat box on the side. When you type a chat, there we get it me and my team get it and we get back to you right away so i want this to feel incredibly Aww. human when you reach out to me so you.com is the first place and the second if you want to see me on instagram it's brian says that and i would love to talk to you there
0: yes brian's awesome guys i've done coaching calls with him a lot of my friends have so definitely check him out all of his things will be below all right thank you bye guys we'll see Thank
1: you. you.